Hello and welcome to New Rules. I'm Jason Stewart, your host for the show. This week we have Jane Marie. She's very involved in the podcasting world and public radio world. Uh, she got her start working on the uh, arguably the most famous NPR show and podcast ever, This American Life. She won a Peabody and an Emmy for working on This American Life. She now runs a podcast studio in Los Angeles called Little Everywhere. She's written for all kinds of websites and magazines. She is the host of the official Tinder podcast for Gimlet Media. And I recorded this show from her studio, which is why it sounds much nicer and fancy and better than usually this show does. Don't get used to how good this podcast sounds because it will go back to sounding kind of how this sounds right here. If you like this show, please give us a nice rating and review on iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe so you can get this show in your inbox every week. iTunes does not have an inbox. Yeah, we're here. He we're here things. in a studio. This is a this is a podcast studio that yes. we're recording from. Yes. It was built by an engineer who hears things that no one else hears. Mm-hmm. I don't I hardly know what he's listening for. Mm-hmm. And and then he changes it, and I'm like, yes, it, I can see the difference, Kinda. and I know it's better, but why, how, what are you listening to? Why, for? how, and is it enough of a difference f- to spend the time worrying about it and doing this? Don't even approach him with that question. Do you, <laughs> do you, have, a, do you have something like that in your life that you're so well-versed in or like such a, a master of that you're able to tell those subtle differences between things that the the mortal man couldn't um yes humor sarcasm mm. um you know no i don't know Modest. no i yeah. shoes <laughs> shoes um yeah i can smell uh, a liar from miles away <laughs> you can smell a liar <laughs> i'm one of those people that knows when people are lying really mhm you know like human lie detectors yeah yeah have you thought about getting into the the law world? No. <laughs> Hard no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's enough. I mean, I feel like enough pressure day to day just going to the grocery store and like looking at people lie, lying to me. It's like, it's too much already. <laughs> uh, you sound like a fun person to date. Um, you should ask that, that, that guy in the other room mm-hmm. how it's going. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys as a couple started this yeah. studio. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in Atwater Village, which is the neighborhood I live in. So I was very excited to hear that. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's so weird because you invited me to the grand opening a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I, I do a podcast. This, I do it from my house. I've I do multiple shows a week. This is it couldn't be more up my alley. Yeah. And it really delivered. Thank you. It, it's just like the room that I'm in right now. I mean, you're probably probably noticing this sounds better than <laughs> my living room. Usually every every podcast I've ever recorded has like dog barking, garbage truck backing mm-hmm. up, beeping, things I, like that. I was on a, pad, a podcast the other day um it were that recorded in a, a bar during the day, like when the bars shut down. Ooh. And um, a d- <laughs> let's talk about that smell. Yeah, it was daytime bar, gnarly. not open smell. One of yeah. my least favorite smells. <laughs> yeah, it was really sour. Why does it not smell when it's open? 
Full um, of people and alcohol flowing. Right. I think but that's when it's clean why. and empty. And they've already mopped. It's the mop that you're smelling. Mm. You got to get past the mop. Got it. Um, yeah, I was in, so I was in, on this podcast and a, like a delivery truck backed up to, to, to deliver probably kegs or something. And mm-hmm. I got quiet, you know, waiting. And mm-hmm. she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, wait. Is something wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, we're real scrappy. It's cool. So that was kind of nice, actually. I could relax in uh, the moment. But I just felt like I'm always listening for little tiny, you know, background noises. Yeah, I've, I've noticed like that. that it's kind of weird because my that's sort of my podcast. Like I, I do, I do everything I can up until a certain point, and then you have to just let go. And let then it I go. just let go. Radical acceptance, right? Like I'll try to clean it up in post or something like right. that but yeah, we'll fix it in post but i'm starting to try and embrace more of that professional attitude that you're exuding <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like I, I feel like, like are these microphones i mean are these headphones too hot for you right now no they're perfect okay good. i also never record with headphones what Mm-hmm. that is not okay but a lot of people don't i know and i don't like that what is your theory on the uh why, why do you why are they necessary for you well for one if you're holding a microphone mm-hmm. you need to be listening for mic handling noise oh so you know so when you do this right. and move your fingers around on a microphone i feel like we're getting a good podcast 101 tutorial for our listeners if you ever thought about welcome. starting your own podcast <laughs> pay, pay attention <laughs> Yeah, that's when if you're holding a microphone, you really hear it. Just sounds like brushing against papers mm-hmm. or or a shirt. Or it's very annoying and loud. Right, and so you need to have headphones in to catch that. You also should just have headphones on to know what your recording sounds like as you're recording. Mm. Um, a lot of folks, uh, if they don't have headphones on, they'll be doing stuff like this and kind of like leaning back and kind of hanging out over here. For listeners at home, she's far away from the microphone. I'm about eight inches mm. because I'm leaning into the back of my chair. Um, I much prefer how this sounds, but I wouldn't really be aware of the difference. See, I, I or have... if I was like doing that kind of stuff, mm. that's you know the AMSR stuff. Oh, did I just mess something up by doing that? <laughs> I did. See, <laughs> <laughs> see what you get for fiddling. I know I shouldn't have fiddled. Okay, everything's fine now. Uh, I, I also had a feeling that this was going to happen. Like I was going to come here. And record a podcast with all this professional gear in and this then professional room and be like, I'm never going back. Good. You can <laughs> rent our studio. <laughs> it's available. I know, but that's the problem is I'm never going to <laughs> I'm never going to rent the studio out with the frequency that I would want to. Because I do like three or four podcasts a week. Let's just go to your house and fix it. Yeah, just come in and soundproof it all up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah ladies, watch out. Uh, there's, I have these these brown burlap sacks duct taped to my ceiling. Ladies, watch out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, is this going to be edited? It will be edited. Good. Not much. Oh, God, okay. This is the only podcast I do where I actually edit it. Okay, thank God. Okay, good. <laughs> good, because I'm just like horsing around. Oh, that's all that's we do. That's mostly what I do. Yeah, it's horse, mm-hmm. horse around. Um, yeah, so we built this place because our previous studio was – well, it wasn't my studio. It was I haven't had my own studio. Mm-hmm. My entire radio career has been spent in like highly engineered glass boxes <laughs> inside public radio stations mm. um, where uh, I had nothing to do with any of the tech and really just – You're blasting emails. Yeah. Uh, so 
once we once I started doing independent work, it was like, oh, set a microphone up in my bedroom in a certain way and hope that that works or whatever. Um, or you know, doing a lot of field reporting. But but then I became the host of the Tinder podcast DTR and had to have a studio to work out of. And I had begun dating Dan, and he had a little, um, a really tiny, like the size of this room, um, mixing studio for making albums, mm-hmm. um, which was soundproofed in a way to keep his neighbors from being annoyed, but not to keep mm-hmm. the neighbor's noise out, really. Got it. And it was in the Grand Royal building, which is the Beastie Boys old building, right next door to their indoor basketball court. Oh, where, I know that room. Yeah. <laughs> I've spent some time in that room before. <laughs> so That used to be Diplo's studio. And this did, too. Really? This was the Mad Decent office. <laughs> Oh my god, that's right. Not the studio, but the office. Yeah. There was all desks in here. It was crazy when we walked in to see the space and we were like, wait a minute. We're just like following you guys around town. Anyway, so we were in there and you could hear people like playing basketball or they would film things in there often. So I'd come mm-hmm. into the office to the studio and there'd be a craft services table like in front of my door and I'd have to ask them to move. <laughs> and they're like, can you be quiet? making a film right now and i'm like i'm trying to make a fucking podcast right now so yeah can you be quiet um so that's what inspired us to build this and make it right well i mean i've told you but i've gushed over this place before nothing nothing more right could be ever done in, in a podcast studio i say and uh, keep it coming. <laughs> how how has this and then you're able to use this as also like your off your day to day office? Yep, I'm the front desk lady. Mm-hmm. I like that. It feels really good. And it then feels... he's able to use this room as like yeah, the other room for right his there. mixing mm-hmm. for other things. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. a true multi purpose. Yes, it is. And we have a bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> which when we moved in, didn't have a proper door. What and was it? It was like this sliding like barn curtain? door with a big gap where you could see the toilet. <laughs> and and I would assume probably odors So he as could well. stare at you peeing and vice versa. Well, we had it remodeled and put a real door on. But I couldn't tell the, the number of people that we had to get approval from for that. Like the, the building management was like, that sliding door is like part of the design. And I was like, I am not watching people shit <laughs> <laughs> in my office. Maybe Mad Decent was cool with that, but not us. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, every like Monday through Friday, you come here with your boyfriend mm-hmm. and you work out of this place. Mm-hmm. How 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 is that? Do you guys live together? No. Oh, no. Thank God. I know, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we do not live together. Um, we, it's, I am a bit annoying, I'll say. Are like, you? I have boundary problems where I'm very attracted to him. So I... Uh, irritate him a lot with not respecting the fact that we are coworkers and not constant lovers. <laughs> so <laughs> like I I'm, think I know what you're saying. Yeah, when no one's in here, I'm just like, hey, and he's like, go away. You're <laughs> supposed to be answering the phones right now or whatever. Um so that I think is irritating to him. <laughs> More than me. So you're like assuming an Austin Powers like character where you're just always up for a up, up for a shag. I'm apparently. Randy. You're absolutely <laughs> yes. Randy, is what you're saying. I am always Randy, especially around him. And then and so yeah, that gets to be annoying for him, <laughs> and I feel rejected constantly. Um, oh, the life of a podcaster. Otherwise, though, we kind of keep the doors closed, and he's in the studio, and I'm up front, and we mm-hmm. and I. I also scare him a lot um, in here because I'm I walk lightly and. 
uh, then suddenly I'll just like be behind him and he's freaks so you just, out. You just surface. I'm like a poltergeist. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah. I'm learning a lot about you today. Yeah. <laughs> Good. That's what this interview should be, right? I'm a horny poltergeist <laughs> who works at the front desk. I do. It is exactly right. Um, yeah, I'm a creep. I'm a creep in my own office. Um, no, but it, it, it's been really nice because you, you know, the, my my coworker is right there, and I can say, "Hey, let's solve this problem right now." It's nice not having a huge office full of a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we'll get there. I mean, we kind of our other goal in building this was not to be big, you know, not to expand and like mm-hmm. hire a bunch of people and then turn into bosses and have our lives taken over. We kind of were like. Maybe we. You don't want to turn turn out like a gimlet situation where you, you have to do. You said it. I didn't. Where you have to do a whole podcast about how your family and work life is crumbling. <laughs> 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 kind of something like that. I mean, we wanted to have more freedom and flexibility. You want to you want to still have a little bit of life in your voice. Well, today and he, a little for, soul in your blood. For example, he was like, "When we're done with our bookings today, what do you got on the schedule?" And I was like. Nothing, you know, and we're gonna go to lunch. <laughs> that was your that was your nothing. Yeah, it was real. I got nothing on my books. Do you want to go to Dune? That's, I mean, yeah. I can't, well, no, actually, I asked if we could go to his house, and he said he was thinking more of an eatery. <laughs> that was his, wow. that's an actual quote. A peek behind the curtain. Yep. Of you dorks, I'm yep. liking it. Yep. So, yep. oh, the other nice thing about having my own office and not working with anyone but my boyfriend is that I can vape whenever I want. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you guys catching this? So we're it's this, a cigarette. I'm watching you use a jewel vaporizer. Yep. And I have You might be familiar with them from the latest uh, the last uh, season of Girls. Yeah, well Marnie I mean, picked it up, Marnie's mom picked it up. Jewel. I'm a I'm a retired jewelee. Mm. I used to jewel pretty heavily, but I I, I just stopped one I, I And I you qu- started coughing up crystals? I quit cold turkey and went back to a nice analog sig. Oh, okay. Yeah. What kind? American Spirit Yellow. He he's, he used to smoke uh, American Spirit menthol lights and break the filter off of them. What even is that mentality? <laughs> a menthol, and then he would tear the filter off? Yes. Like he works on a fishing boat or something yeah, in Alaska? It was actually, it's actually really sexy, but um, yeah. But I don't understand it at all. Why the lights? Isn't the light part in the filter? How have you found a way to find everything sexy about this man? I like it. I'm super lucky. Well done. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you think this... This, I mean, to do an entrepreneurial <laughs> origin story detour, I want to get more into your your thoughts on the jewel. I love it. How how many pods are you dusting through a week? <laughs> I'm probably I probably smoke like three a week, which is three packs of cigarettes. Mm-hmm, they say, mm-hmm. um, but uh, and and I've turned on a lot of people to the jewel and and made them quote unquote non smokers. Now. Do you feel like there's like a? I, I feel like I've noticed there's like a a double standard sort of with like the male versus female vapor. Mm. Like I haven't met a woman who thinks a guy vaping is attractive, but I feel like a guy noticing a girl using a a, a jewel mm-hmm. would not would would be okay with it. Um, I haven't. Noticed. You find it's a turn off if you meet a male vapor. I only. Dislike the ones that have that huge cartridge thing that they're like squirting juice into. The big uh, steampunk one. Uh, no, that yeah, I don't like that. So as long as they're not using the giant two pound juice squirter, and then then it's, it's fine. fine. Yeah, it's fine. I also don't mind smokers, right? Or pipe smokers or cigar smokers. I mean, there's not enough pipe smokers these days. 
I was just talking about the yesterday. The, Were you? The smell of a pipe. So good. The smell of a cigar, not so good. Pipe, though? Mm. Pipe is gold. It's so good. Cigar, it's kind of like a urine, urine-esque. <laughs> Let's talk about um, what we're supposed to be talking about. Let's talk about you, you, uh, you hosting this podcast, the Tinder podcast. Yeah. So that was through Gimlet. Yes. And it's it's sort of like a part of a new model of branded podcasting. A company approaching a a podcast production company like Gimlet or well, Gimlet has an arm called Gimlet Creative that does just this, mm-hmm. just branding, and um, I. I you know, when we went into it, it was like, ooh, what's a branded podcast? Like, this is a commercial, a half hour commercial, you know? But right. Tinder was pretty open to it not being that. And, mm-hmm. and there um, was that other podcast that, like, GE did, mm-hmm. where it was sort of like the old timey radio hour. Yeah. Like they, how they did in the old days. They did an eBay one, too. And um, now there's one with Virgin that are, they're, they're mm-hmm. you know, I, I think mine's the best. Well, I mean, <laughs> I would say a, a Tinder podcast, the, the subject matter seems a lot more interesting than eBay, even though I love eBay. But uh, they let us also like do more storytelling. Like, you know, it, we didn't have to say the word Tinder as much or, you know, you mm-hmm. know, really focus on Tinder as a thing. It was more about dating and sex and love and all that. Right. So we got to do real storytelling. And they also gave us a lot of freedom with the writing. Like scripting was just write what you would normally write for any radio show mm-hmm. and then if we need to tweak anything we will but um it and they'll was... sort of subtly interject some tinder things here and there actually when we interjected tinder it was not subtle it was like i am speaking to the tinder house sociologist or whatever oh. like yeah um and and learning like about their um algorithms and all of that i had to explain this to a newly single friend of mine last night how how tinder actually like works like the actual mechanics behind it yeah yeah how they show Really attractive people to everyone to keep them in the app, oh. even if there's like not a chance in hell, you know, <laughs> just so that you aren't looking at like oh. basement trolls constantly. <laughs> <laughs> basement trolls. You know what I'm talking. I about. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. How does allergic one... to the sun? <laughs> How does one become a basement troll? No. Oh. We all know. I mean, <laughs> if you're listening to a podcast, you've dabbled in troll life. But how does one get approached or apply for or be considered for the job of hosting a, a Tinder podcast? Well, what happened? Do you have a lot of experience in the dating or online dating world? Two things happened. One, I worked in radio for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew how to make radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually... Alex Bloomberg, who owns Gimlet, was a colleague of mine at This American Life, where I worked for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Then and I you left. were a music supervisor. I am now, but I was a producer there. So you were a producer. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll get I, into I that. I was an intern there. I can yeah, do, would do my origin story in a moment. But okay. So I had that background. And then when I left radio, I spent five years writing, and a lot of my writing was about sex and relationships. I worked for Cosmo. I wrote a, a, a column there about um, the secret life of marrieds where I would interview married people about, you know, what's going on. Marrieds. Marrieds. Um, and wrote a lot about sex and wrote a lot about my own sexuality and like my vagina and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know if you wrote about my vagina, but it's new. <laughs> it's brand new. Um, and so I had been pitching like a se- Oh, and I also did a couple of appearances on a friend's podcast the longest shortest time um where i 
gave advice with Dan Savage, who's mm-hmm. another pal. So it's kind of mm. being comfortable in that space, you know, like I'm happy to talk about. So you're a pod VIP. I don't know. I, don't, I, would, I would say so. I don't get asked on any of the like, funny ones. Except for this one. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my least funny podcast that I do. Damn it. Okay, maybe <laughs> We're working our ways up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I had been pitching like uh, some sort of sex or dating like podcast around to Earwolf and Gimlet and they passed um, on that, which is fine. And then this opportunity came up and um, they, uh, Nazanin from Gimlet Creative called me and said, would you uh, would you want to host this? And what they'd done in the past with the host was basically the host conducted some interviews and then they would write a script and the host would just read the script. Mm-hmm. And as we got going, I guess my type A uh, perfectionist um, control freak side mm-hmm. came out and I... And also your experience in already doing that. Right, but I could lay off. You know what I mean? Sure. I could have just let them... Do their job. You could have pumped the brakes and let Gimlet Gimlet. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I just had to be an asshole. So I ended up becoming a producer of the program as mm-hmm. well. Um, um, but yeah, they had just approached me, I think probably because I was fine talking about this stuff. You were putting you were putting that energy out into the universe as well, it seems like. Also I love Tinder. Like they called me and I and they said the word Tinder and I was like, Yes. <laughs> do you love Tinder? What do you love about Tinder? Well, uh Looking at Tinder, playing with Tinder, dating <laughs> through Tinder. I love Tinder. Tinder's fun. I, th- I thought it was super fun, and I think they were not quite expecting that, or mm-hmm. some, you know, or just maybe thinking it would be a tough sell. And uh-huh. it was not a tough sell for me. I was just like <laughs> <laughs> casual dating. Yeah, sure. So you're right. like, oh, this was the job that I was born to have. I think I actually said those words. Like, this is my dream job. If I don't get this, I'm going to be crushed. So you've done a decent amount of Tindering then. Uh, I spent about. Uh, Tinder came up when I was married, um, and so I tindered on my friends' phones for them a lot during my marriage, like mm. for my dude friends. Mm-hmm. I would swipe for them, and I, was, I, I always thought lot. that was a little something a little shaky about that. What do you mean? Whenever people, whenever I, I would see people in re, who are in a relationship have like an overwhelming urge to go on their friends' Tinder and and check it out, even if well, it I was, is harmless at surface level, I feel like there's a little. But I was tindering for my dude friends. Like checking out the chicks mm. and being mm-hmm. like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this rat? You know, rat. Or whatever. <laughs> and what do you think of this rat? Rack. <laughs> oh, <laughs> both are fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I'm surprised that they let me, but they did. I have a couple of friends who really trust me and probably shouldn't, but I uh, got I got to t- uh, swipe a bunch on the, their phones. And then um, when I became single, I was like, I used to make a joke that like part of the reason I got divorced was because of Tinder. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just needed it so bad. Um, no, but I Tindered for like the first year of my separation. <laughs> and it was great. It was so much fun. I had some really weird experiences. Yeah? Yeah. And some good, ex- like good, but just, yeah. Met some like, lifelong friends? Met a few trolls? Um. Well, mostly I met men who... Um, like the ones I would see in real life, I met men who were like all about it immediately, and I would be like, "You do, you do realize, like we're strangers. Like I'm not a friend of your friend. I'm not somebody you like have any sort of. You don't know me at all." And when now, you say all about it immediately, just like instantly planning on having sex. No, no, no. I mean, or like like your relationship, like relationship. Oh, okay. Yeah, like immediately 
not saying I want to be your boyfriend or something, but just like putting their arm around me in public and things like where it's just like, mm-hmm. even if we'd already kissed and stuff, I just, you got to back up a little bit. Like we do not know each other. There's an order that things go in. Yeah. And, like I just found out your last that. name and I haven't even Googled you yet. And like you're getting <laughs> jealous about shit and you know, <laughs> like right, right, right. yeah, that was the, that happened. <laughs> a few times. Did you meet your current boyfriend on Tinder? Um, he would rather die than Tinder. Oh. Uh, he Tindered once on a friend's phone for a few minutes and said it made him feel like he was throwing people in the trash. <laughs> so he's very he's very sweet. How do you feel about Raya then? Um, my ex-husband actually offered to help me get on Raya before... I found my boyfriend when I was single, and I was like, this is weird. This is all weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Raya, I believe, helped him, like, date, you know, the the cream of the crop of YouTube celebrities. Of Instagram hosts? Yeah. YouTube celebrities, for real. Of YouTube celebrities. Yeah. That's where they're all hanging out. On Raya, yeah. I think that's how you get on there, right? I guess, I mean I don't know I'm not on there. Are you on there? I'm not. You, were you ever on there? I've I was not on there. Yeah. To but, have him sit in my living room while he's coming to pick up our child and be like, "Oh, did you need a recommendation for Raya?" I was just like, I could have never imagined this. That's in my about the most life. 2017 thing anyone could ever say to somebody ever. You yeah. couldn't even write that. It was like very progressive. It's it's extremely progressive. <laughs> it's like so p- far progressive that it has fallen off the face of the earth into a weird dungeon. Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. it's I said thank you. It's both. <laughs> it's, it's it's a it's both fifty fifty. I mean, it's just. It's I'm I'm applauding your your progressive outlook and everything, and I'm also like horrified by that entire thing. I know it's awful. Like I've had an like an ex. Like my first girlfriend asked me for like relationship advice like years after that. And to me, that was a little like, uh. but to have like your ex-husband. We weren't even divorced yet. We were just still separated. And he was like, you need help getting on Raya? I, I, I should oh, have been man. offended, I guess. But I was I was like, this this makes sense. You know, like this is, yeah. we're not together. Uh-huh. This just backs that up. Ooh. <laughs> wow. So so the right. so the Tinder podcast is that has completed its its cycle or is it still no, going? We have a new season coming out. Oh, you're doing another season. I th- I Amazing. mean I want to say I'm this is the first commercial that's gotten a second season <laughs> 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 in like the history of broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um we have a, we have season 2 coming out. That's amazing. This winter. Yeah. Well, I mean it, like I said before, out of all the sponsored brands that that wanted to do a podcast, that's the only one that I listen to or would be interested in listening to. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's fun. You it's been any, really fun. you have any Tinder tips really quick for our listeners at home who are having a tough time in the dating world? Um, you're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody? No my, guys have been funny on Tinder? You can – there's a way – I feel a, like I could do it. Your pictures aren't – don't try to be funny with your pictures. That's that's all. Like you, uh. can be, you can be funny with like one picture if you're not in it and it's a picture of something actually funny. But mm-hmm. don't, but like, don't have that be your whole over overall. Yeah, you vibe. know, like, don't be in a costume in your first photo. Don't be like <laughs> taking a shit or like, there's, you know, what I, like, a, don't be funny. Tr- don't show off. I just want to know your what your face looks like, like your face, not and body, then, or both no, if you could, both if you could, and mainly a decent face. like in a mainly face and and then um maybe like to like uh your 
your body in comparison to like some other object, like a quarter or whatever, but like the large version a of a banana quarter. for scale. Yes. So <laughs> exactly. like your profile says six two, but I need some photographic evidence exactly. of that being back. I have up. this whole theory about the heights on dating apps. I think men who say that they are five ten and below are all five six. And men mm-hmm. who say they're five ten five eleven and above are all telling the truth. Oh, so five eleven—that's the over/under on yeah. whether or not you're a liar, you're fibbing or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A problem that I've never had to have. Mm-hmm. Must be nice. But also, like, but you have, you have other problems. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but also, when you're as tall as I am, then you reach the 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 rarefied air of being so tall that you list your height. In your like social, like you would put your height in your Twitter bio, perhaps. Women on Tinder do that who are tall, for sure. They say it right away. Right. I spoke to a lot of like women who are like five nine and and above, and they say you just have to get it out of the way right away because so, so right. many men are are not into it. Yeah, and I and I've uh, I can't relate to that. And I've had them all pushed in my general direction. Oh, the tall ones. Mm-hmm. Mm. What do you? How do you like the tall ones? Would I mean, you rather be like a Hayden Panettiere kind of situation? No, <laughs> no. Your face is like right there. <laughs> it's like right where you need it. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with you, an adult woman, making this joke that I haven't heard since high school of like, yeah, short girls, it's like easier to do a blowjob. I haven't heard that in years. I'm like a 12-year-old and then here boy. You come. Here you come. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I mean, I like them in all shapes and sizes. Me too. But the tall ones, you know, like it's, it's happened to me, like I'll be at a bar and a group of girls will come up and be like, oh my God, Our you have to meet my 11. friend. You have to meet my friend. And it's like a scene out of a movie where I look over and this big volleyball player looking girl <laughs> is head, head and shoulders above everyone else. And we lock eyes and I'm like, oh no, here she comes. And then her, like her frame is sort of larger than mine is. <laughs> like like LeBron James esque, and you're like, oh, she could like, as you're she say, could squat more honestly, than I could. As you're saying this, and it's not my sister is not LeBron James esque at all, but I'm like, I should fix you up with my sister. <laughs> she a bigger gal. She's tall, and yeah. she's she's a, she's beautiful, and she's tall, and and she's recently single. <laughs> tall and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Recently she's gorgeous. Single. She has the most beautiful hair and eyebrows. <laughs> She does. She's so, really? so pretty. My sister's so pretty. Oh. <laughs> and single. <laughs> and her dog just died. <laughs> so she's ripe for the picking is what you're saying. I mean, you could get in there. <laughs> Where does she live? Nashville. I'm trying to change that. I love Nashville. Yeah? I've only been there once, but okay. had a good time. Yeah. Been it's, planning on going a, back It's a good day. time town. It's one of those good time towns. <laughs> I reckon so. Yeah. Um, right. So, okay, let's get back on this track. Please. So you are like so very well versed in the podcast world coming up from your radio background. How do you think like the business model of podcasting is going? It's it's still like in the Wild West territory and it is. And it's, we're developing into that <clears throat> sponsored What I think screwed everything up, honestly, was serial mm. calling itself a podcast. Mm. And, and I don't mean screwed it up like for the worst, but I, I think that's I think what changed and what made what got, got us where we are now is that it called itself a podcast, and it is absolutely not a podcast. What is it? It's a fucking eight part feature film, you know, like it's oh, like right, or, or right, whatever, right. you know. It's a it's a it's a major production mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. took years and millions of dollars 
and Ira Glass right, being on right, stuff. Right. You know, it's so not set, set the bar fair. way too high. Yeah, or or just move to the bar like way over there and way too high. Just it, mm-hmm. it, and so then people started going like, "I want to make a podcast," and you're right. all like. Whoa! Hang on, you like <laughs> Jason. This cannot happen in your dining room. You know what I mean? Like this is a there is an entire staff. Just because you have a laptop and right. a voice doesn't mean you're able to create this right this magic. But people are trying, mm-hmm. so that's where we're at now. Is that everyone wants to do that, and so um, we it's just exploded. Because it's wonderful work. Same thing with S-Town. I mean, it's beautiful art. Mm-hmm. And everyone wants to make it. Mm-hmm. And um, so you've gone from people like the Marin style of just doing it in your garage, mm-hmm. which is also a great show. Um, but that's kind of was the height of podcast right. production quality and effort mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, and now it's just expanded so wildly to – the 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 difference between a Marin show like the difference between a really low budget like kid in their basement to to Marin was kind of like a, a, a like a closer right. gap. To I, mean, I, mean, I feel like it's sort of kind of like like the big documentary film boom that happened maybe you know in the late nineties or something like that when everyone realized like oh I can get into Sundance. Right, because like my friend has like a rubber band collection, that's, and I'm gonna do a documentary on it, yeah. and I can make it at home in my mom's basement. Exactly, exactly. Um, After they saw, you know, supersize me or something, or like I had a friend compare the podcast boom to uh, blogs recently. He said, you know, hmm. remember when blogs were like Live Journal and Blogspot, and your dad had one. <laughs> And then no dads had live journal. Well, or blog, blog spots. spot. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so then you go from there. You go to, on live journal to blog about your dad. Right. He's such a fucking dick. <laughs> a live journal. Angel fire. What is the other one? It was like some yeah, yeah, angel, angel fire one. one. Yeah. So there were those, and there. I, I, my first blog was on MySpace. Mm. Like I blogged in MySpace because okay. there was a feature where you could do that and no one was reading it <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, you go from there to like Tumblr and all those kind of things. And 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 then and, and then there's like Gawker and they're calling themselves a blog, oh, you okay. know, and that's not the mm-hmm. same as your dad's mm-hmm. blog spot. Mm-hmm. And then... Now there's the New York Times online. You know what I mean? And so right. they're all – it's like they're all in the same place but just mm-hmm. like wildly different budgets and focus. Mm-hmm. But they're drawing all the same readers and so it, the mm-hmm. the lines are just like really blurred and, and it's awesome. It's okay. good because it means you can do whatever you want. And you're, and you're sort of coming from the, the, the produced – Background of things like the high, highly, highly, produced. highly, highly produced. <laughs> it's, I'm having. It's like so hard to relax, <clears throat> right? For me, like, I, 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 and just do things in a normal fashion because mm-hmm. the radio show I worked on has been around for a very long time, even before yeah. I started there, and has a very tightly run operation that is super intense and. So time consuming and so, and you love that. I love it. You fed off of that. I fed off of it. We we I think there's some like there. We looked up 
like the numbers. We're talking about this some, American life. Yeah. We we looked up the num- the numbers at some point and it was like you know, like one in twenty stories actually gets it on the air, but you put the same amount of effort into all twenty. Oh you know what I mean? And so that is like a lot that's a really anxiety provoking um standard. Oh, <laughs> right. And so I, I it's hard for me to like podcast <laughs> because <laughs> It's hard for you to just podcast. Yes, yeah, so I'm like, what's that? This Interesting. Is garbage. <laughs> like, why are we? <laughs> no, who wants to listen to this? You know, and everyone does, and I do. It's so fine. so. It's like it's like going to going to Harvard or Yale and then meeting some guys. Like, yeah, I went to like community college and I dropped out and then I started this t-shirt company and now I'm a millionaire. And you're like, no, 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 no that's not the way. It, that's not how you. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't know. I've never been to an Ivy League school, <laughs> but I'm so, sure so that you, it you feels sort that of, way. So you, you sort of thrive on that order and process, and, right? And, and it's not necessary. And, and it's in, it's it, ingrained it, in the walls of the office over there. It's just it's, how you do things, right? And it, and then coming, getting away from that and podcasting, I know that I am just an, an insufferable human mm-hmm. in this world in a lot of ways. <clears throat> it kind of makes sense when you asked. The the tone when you asked me is this going to be edited, it was very much just like this it is wasn't going a be, quest. This it wasn't is going a to be edited, right? Because if it isn't edited, then <laughs> what are we doing here? Then, what is, <laughs> then the world will stop spinning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was more of a command. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm 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 sensing that now. <laughs> this will be edited. Right, right. You'll right? you'll hit it with the red pen, of course. Yes. Of course, okay, yeah. Great. Okay, great. And so. Are you able to fully release and let go and just do a, a Marin style podcast where you just two people in a room and you hit the space bar and you and you record and there's, there's I, the sound willing, of a lacrosse hitting the thing? And am I, I willing to do it? I'm doing it right now. I'm willing. Yeah, but this is not <laughs> it. This is a step up for me, and this could be a step down for you. Honestly, I want to go refresh my screen right now to make sure that we're still recording. That's what I. This is what this go is for like. It. It. I'm. I'm. I'm getting like full full of anxiety because I don't be have an guest. engineer right now. So just one second. I need to do some engineering. This place is a dump. They don't even have an engineer. <laughs> I do the same thing when I'm doing a pod. Don't worry. But usually the laptop's right in front of me and I can just razzle-dazzle that. Doing a pod. And we're back. All right. So, so what were we it, supposed to talk about? Oh, go ahead. Is, is it um, <laughs> is it kind of, is it is it freeing and relaxing for you to do a, a loose pod like this? Um, Are you able to fully let go and just... I, I can if I'm the subject. Mm, yeah. Mm, it's your podcast. Right. How often? So it probably feels... It's probably fun to like be the guest on a podcast. It is. I'm yeah. rarely ever a guest on a podcast. Whenever I do it, it's fun. it literally I get high for a week off of it <laughs> because I don't have to be the one who's steering the ship. Right. Yeah. No. It feels good. It feels good that it's your problem and not mine. <laughs> <laughs> My only problem is like, don't, don't. And this is a problem I have. Any kind of public speaking, and this isn't. This is very insular, so it's nice. Like there's no one else but you here, and I know you. Mm-hmm. Um, but like getting on stage or something like that. What, what I always worry about is that I'm going to say something, and someone who's never would have never heard of me doesn't know my th- that I exist on the planet is now my enemy. Like someone hates me now. Oh, like someone listening to this podcast right now. 
dis- actively dislikes just me. Just like, I fucking hate this bitch. Yeah, and 15 minutes ago, they had no idea who I was. Um, so now I'm just, that's all I can think about. I don't know, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I'm sure of that, that. That's the only thing I'm sure of. <laughs> so how's therapy going? Oh, God, I, you know, I, I really miss my therapist in New York. <laughs> But. I feel like you just uh, qualified for a Xanax prescription right now I after that sentence. Valium. Oh, wow. That's my preference. But yeah. Throwback. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was actually just thinking about that similar, similar scenario just this morning of like really being okay with, with making mistakes and not being the person that pleases everybody Mm -hmm. because that's really not, it's only going to take you so far. Right. And you kind of have to let go, let go and and have some polarizing thoughts and opinions. Yeah. But also when you're, when you're trying to do that, it's very easy to go too far. Mm -hmm. So you really need to, the only way you can find the sweet spot is if you fail on both sides by doing too little and too much. Right. So, Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) whoa was that that i was just like did you go to school for philosophy or no i've just been smoking a lot of weed lately (laughs) (laughs) hey um, we have like 15 minutes 20 minutes and then i gotta get on a call okay just (laughs) we're leaving that in by the way i'm producing you how do you feel about the fact that i'm gonna leave that in that's fine does it kill you inside Mm, no i mean it's my true personality coming through and that's what we want right you're damn right. Okay, well let's 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 finish up on sort of your your origin story of how you exactly got into interning at This American Life and then working your way up yeah. the ranks yeah. over there. So I'm a high school dropout. And give people a reason why maybe they feel like they can do it even though you can't do it. You're listening to it right now. You're never gonna do it. Go ahead. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Just use a voice memo on your iPhone. No. Oh, that's the first tip. First tip. Um, no, dropout? I high school dropout. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, got really into drugs and stuff and like needed to move out and do my thing when I was 16. So I quit school and at did, 16 and did that. Mm-hmm. What's where were you living? Um, at that time, I was living in Ann Arbor, Michigan, mm. but I'm from like a rural area outside of Flint. And, what kind uh, of drugs are we talking? Hmm, bad ones, all of them. Yeah, oh, no, shit. well, I never did heroin, right. That is my claim to fame. <laughs> just about everything. Just about everything else. Though. Yeah, just like you know, all the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that didn't work out. Uh, so <laughs> no shit. I had to go back to school, and I like doubled up and did like uh, reg. I went to a regular high school for my senior year, and then also did um, classes through the mail through one of those programs, like in the back of like teen magazines, mm-hmm. where it's like send us your <laughs> your exams through the mail. That's so, like where you get 10 CDs for a penny? Exactly. There was one of those. And so it. I did that and finished on time somehow by doubling up on classes. And then nobody would let me go to their college because I had dropped out and failed a bunch of classes and stuff. So I kind of like shuffled around <laughs> and um, went to a community college. Eventually got into a middling state school in Illinois Mm -hmm. um, in Chicago and while I was there I uh, I was I had to put myself through school so I was like doing a million jobs and one of the jobs one thing I wanted to do was be on radio because I always listened to college radio and I thought those people were like really cool I didn't know I didn't realize at the time that you had to be cool first (laughs) like did you want to be like a radio DJ host playing music yeah but I did but I didn't have it Mm. so um 
I thought you could. I thought you would just like go sign up at the radio station and then have your show, and then you'd be cool or whatever. Or like you mm-hmm. like get it, you know. I brought and, my uh, CDs and my headphones. Let me know where I plug yeah. in, and but in- I'll start. instead, I did a jazz hour called Speakeasy, and the only person listening was my dad, which I could tell because it was on Shoutcast, and you could see how many people were listening and where they were. <laughs> like literally, the only person listening was your dad. I, at times, there were two listeners. But most of the time, it's just one. Actually, no, I think it was always two because we were counted as one because we were logged in. <laughs> That's actually really cute. Yeah. I like that. Like, I feel like that could be written into a movie somewhere where somebody has their own radio show where they pretend like it's going out to <laughs> thousands of people, but it, it's everyone knows it's just your dad listening. Yeah. Well, I would make jokes to him and stuff because I knew it was just him listening. It would be better if your dad recorded. was in jail listening to it, too, just you know, if we want to brush it up a little bit. I mean, he is sort of in jail. He lives in a rural town outside of Flint, Michigan. <laughs> so, anyway, is Flint uh, having any trouble? Yeah, I mean, not not any more than usual. Got it. Yeah. Um. So, although the mall, the mall's falling apart. I will say that I went there recently. It's pretty bad. Um. Uh. <laughs> so I then became the music music director at the radio station, which was a paying job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the director of the station which was a better paying job and my motivation at that point was just to like have a job right or, or actually five jobs so i'm sure when you I got offered bar- i was bartending and doing all other kinds of stuff too so, so that was probably one of the greatest feelings you've ever felt in your life when the radio station that you wanted to work at offered you a paying job yeah. to do what you wanted to do yeah it was great i Amen. was like this is amazing and i don't know how to do it that's where you peaked Pretty much. <laughs> Downhill since then. Uh, and then I <laughs> – but the greatest decision actually that came out of that was to get Pro Tools and to mm-hmm. learn Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, right around that time I had been – so I'm from Michigan and I drove home every once in a while from Chicago and I would catch – you know, I'd listen to the radio and I remember – I wasn't really like an NPR person. I kind of listened when I knew something was happening on the news, but I, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't. I was a kid. Yeah. I was whatever. You were a cool, were a cool a, kid. You were yeah. listening to NPR. I was listening to college radio, right? So, but I would listen sometimes on my drives, my four-hour drive home. And this one weekend, I caught a show, and I thought it was pirate radio. It was like this crazy story about a guy who, a tequila man. He's like the Jose Cuervo man who mm-hmm. like goes around to um, like spring break parties and has people take shots off of his bald head and stuff like that. And I was like, this is oh. not radio. <laughs> like what is happening <laughs> in my car right now? Like some this aliens have taken over or something. And I <laughs> yeah, so I just waited it out and for the credits. And it was This American Life. It was a John Hodgman story. And um, oh. when I got back to my desk job at the college, which was another job, um, I – looked them up and I started listening to episodes and I saw on the website that they had a paid internship. And again, paid. I needed to be paid. Mm-hmm. I'm not of the world of – there's never been a possibility of an unpaid mm-hmm. internship for me. <laughs> <laughs> like we, no, not, no not safety net. <laughs> no safety net. No – yeah, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, paid, ding, I'll apply for that. So I did and and you had to do some pitches in the, in the application. And first of all, I was just like, I know Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. I will admit that I'm a high school dropout, but my grades are improving greatly in college. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm trying really hard. I'm a history major. I do. I've done original research. Like I had some skills, but mostly Pro Tools. Right. And um and then I pitched some insane pitches. One about my friend who would throw himself downstairs at parties. 
He actually was featured in Wired magazine for this eventually, which is so crazy. But anyway. Um, <laughs> you hear that, Ira Glass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had it. <laughs> Damn it. I had the scoop. Um, so I submitted my application with no hopes of anyone ever calling. And um, what happened was – oh, God, I, shouldn't, I probably shouldn't be telling this story out loud. But what happened was the person who was doing the hiring was like running really late on their hiring. And so the deadline passed and, and I never heard anything, which was like fine. And I was bartending and living in Chicago and I'd graduated college and I was like sleeping on the floor of my friend's apartment that didn't have any air conditioning. And I was like super – it was just gross. Hanging out with skaters, just like gross, <laughs> gross life. That's all you had to say. <laughs> yeah. I was mm-hmm. fucking skaters. We, we, we understand your whole scenario. Right. That. So it was like two blocks actually from the skate shop that my friend owned. And, and <laughs> I was, I was on that mattress on the floor a month after the de- deadline or the like hiring start date, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like two months after they should have called and it, uh, a month after the job would have started. And the phone rang and it was them and they were like, you know Pro Tools. You're in Chicago. Can you start tomorrow? It's <laughs> 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 the only reason I got the job, really, was just that I was there Ooh. and I could be there. Like, uh-huh. I didn't have to move from Brown, wherever Brown University is. Right. I didn't right. have to. Where is that? I don't even know. Whatever. Like, I didn't have don't to. Know. I didn't have to pack up from mm-hmm. my Ivy League life and get to Chicago tomorrow. I was already down the street. You weren't living in Seattle. Right. I was right down the street mm-hmm. and I knew Pro Tools and I could, like, just jump in. Mm-hmm. So, um, I. I actually talked to the person for an hour on the phone and then I was like, okay, so when do I need to come in for the interview? And she was like, that's, that was the interview. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then she called back an hour later and was like, you're hired. And I walked down to the skate shop and we drank 40s mm-hmm. <laughs> and then jumped up and down. And I was so excited because it was like the most money I'd ever heard of in my life. It was like $18,000 a year or something mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, we're in the money. <laughs> you know, just like, I'm so never talking to you fucking losers again. <laughs> yeah, bye guys. <laughs> And um, and so I did my internship, and then and I kind of really hit it off with Ira and a couple of other producers there. Just like felt really comfortable around them, and um, and I think I did a good job. And then when I was done, Ira was like, "All right, kiddo," he still called me kiddo. He's like, "All right, kiddo, what do you want to do now? You want me to put a recommendation in like Car Talk or some shit?" And I was like, "I don't like NPR, and I don't really listen to it, so no, I'm I'm cool." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" And I was like, "Bartend, and um, your work here someday." And he was like, "Well, I'm not hiring." And I was like, "You will be eventually." And so about I think it was six months later, somebody got pregnant, mm. and I was asked to fill in, mm. and then. Here yeah. we are. Bingo bango. Interesting. I love it. I love it when <laughs> when it when a when an opening opens up for in a special occasion like that. Yeah. It was like, like I got a job because a temporary job answering phones because somebody went to Burning Man. Right. And now I'm a DJ. See? Yeah. It's Weird how like, that works what? out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but thank God. I know. Well, and thank God I was like still in Chicago when the phone rang. I probably would have lied and said I was there, even right. if I wasn't, and just got on a plane or something somehow. Mm-hmm. Back when they had Value Jet, and you could walk into the airport and buy a ticket for ninety dollars, um, <laughs> which mm. that was that. Those were the days. Um, but yeah, I, I that it was all just like happenstance. Mm-hmm. It's not that I had any special skills or anything. And then basically, I was young enough and dumb enough that Ira could just form me in his image. Right. He's like you. You. You have two hands that work, and you know how to use Pro Tools. So. Do as I, I say. Be, be be my minion. And yes. you and you and you and and you're a pliable person that could be molded into a this American life worker. Yes, worker bee. With with full efficiency. Mm-hmm. Well, and then I got good at it. 
What 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 kind of things did did Ira pass down on to you? Do you remember? Literally everything I know. Mm. Everything your, I know about making radio. How's your Ira Glass impression then? I would never dare do an Ira Glass impression. Why? Because I respect him too much. So? I can't. <laughs> I, I can't. It feels like... Uh, it, it's it's it, kind of weird how some people's voices, when you do an impression <clears throat> of them, it's like, ha-ha, nice. No, it's I've like spent, respectful, I've, but then for certain people... There's no way you can do an impression of their voice and not have it I sound disrespectful. I, I directed him for years and would be like, okay, now you need to do that a little bit, like lower your voice a little or you go mm. slower, you're talking too fast or you you stumbled on this word and stuff. Mm. And I feel like a very intimate connection to that performance mm-hmm. and I can't, I can't go, I just can't make fun of it. It feels like part of my work. <laughs> it feels too personal. That's interesting. You're probably like one of eight people in the world who doesn't want to make fun of his voice. Yeah, I can't. I so interesting. To. Yeah, and such an intimate, odd connection to have with somebody. It, yeah, I would. It feels. I mean, I've thought about. I've thought about pitching like a Father's Day thing for, to him sometimes. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, he's like my second. Like, not now, obviously, because I'm not there. But the ten years that I spent next door to him mm-hmm. like we did kind of just have you have really your symbiotic. rural dad and your city dad exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well uh thanks so much for doing this oh my gosh i hope i didn't ruin your podcast no you did a great job it's it's a pleasure to pod with a pod pro i say that was a lot of alliteration mm, indeed <laughs> i liked it but you know it, like much like when you're a guest on a show, it's nice when somebody else is steering the ship. It's also nice when the person you're doing it with has a, a nice. lot of experience, so it just flows. It's just a pleasure to do, and it's a pleasure to listen to. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you. I had a fun time. Where do people find you online if they want to check you out? Uh, our website is littleeverywhere.com. Mm-hmm. And, and that is your the studio that we're in right now. Yep. And, and if you live in L.A., you should absolutely come here and record some podcasts because it's so perfect. You could come and and do anything in here. You could, yeah, where there's a twerk wall left over from the Mad Decent office um, days. Twerk wall. <laughs> no, just come you can hang do out. Anything here? Yeah, just, just come, come here and make toast. Just come and hang out. Oh shoot, I don't have a toaster yet. Um, no, yeah, littleeverywhere.com and all of our info and connects are there. And then my handle on all the nets is C Jane Marie, like C Jane Run. Mm-hmm. S-E-E. Mm-hmm. Not the letters. So. Right, right. Cool. Yeah, and then DTR um, comes out this winter. We start mm-hmm. production in the summer. And so. DTR is the Tinder podcast. Exactly. Yep, check it out. Amazing. You, it'll, it'll be up there in the top five on iTunes. won't be hard to find. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like it. I'm using the secret right now. That was me secreting. <laughs> <laughs> you printed out the iTunes top 100 and stapled it to your ceiling? That's my mood board. Yeah, it's my inspiration board. Love it. All, All right. right. Go get that. Go get you a volume. We'll see you okay. next week, guys. Thanks. Wow, it's so weird finishing a podcast and not hitting the space bar, space oh, yeah, bar ceremonially. That was an odd thing that just happened. This show is brought to you by Westwood Westwood. Visit westwoodwestwood.com where lots of other podcasts live. Very cool articles and videos and content galore. You can follow me on social media at them jeans. And check out my other podcasts, Tall Tales and The Stew.